Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Pardon the interruption, but I'm Mike Globon. It's International Surfing Day, Tony. Have you ever been surfing? I'm Tony Kornheiser. Here are three hints. I'm scared of the ocean, scared of sharks, and scared of taking off my shirt. So, no. Okay, well, no, that puts you out of the running. Sharks alone. Yeah. Just sharks. Yeah. That's it. I mean, people who go into the water knowing they're sharks. And you see these overhead shots now where cameras take it and people are surfing or swimming or doing it. And there's like a thousand sharks, sharks below them. Yeah. You people right. yeah. are fools. You are dopes. You're dopes. Where I grew up on the South Shore of Long Island, everybody surfed. I never did, but everybody surfed. Welcome to PTI, boys and girls. In today's episode, rookie dinners, tennis coaches, and Jay Billis on the NBA draft. But we begin today with some comments from Steve Kerr yesterday on a podcast with Tim Kawakami of The Athletic to the effect that the Warriors may well be better next year than they just were. Kerr drew on his experience as Warriors coach and as a player on the Jordan Bulls to say that when you win a championship after not winning the year before, you get better the next year. You're more confident. You feel less pressure. Kerr said, quote, I think we're going to fly into next year with a lot of deep confidence within the group that we can do this again, unquote. Well, Bond, do you agree with Kerr that the Warriors can do it again? Absolutely, Tony. I don't bet. But if I was a betting man, I'd bet on this. I may still bet on this. Yes, the Warriors are going to be great next year. Maybe they'll be all-time great, Tony, because you got people that are going to mature. Wiseman, who didn't play a minute this season, the seven-footer is going to give them the size they don't have, at least in theory, and I think more than theory. Kaminga, Moody, their young draft picks from this year. Kaminga contributed, but not on a heavy rotational level. He will. I mean, you got Jordan Poole, who's going to be established by – I mean – Tony, I mean, Wiggins, if they resign and will be so much more comfortable now in that lineup, I realize this, the players are getting older, but these young players will push them. Kerr was on a team. Kerr wasn't on a team, actually. The second Bulls team. When I say second, I mean 1992. That Bulls team, I think, is the greatest Bulls team of all time. Had Horace Grant, not Rodman. Had John Paxson, not Steve Kerr. So I know Kerr refers to the second team in the second three-peat. I'm referring to the second Bulls team of all time. I think is the greatest Bulls team of all time. And I think this Golden State team will be up in that yeah. area next year. I do. Yeah, so I love Steve Kerr. I think he's one of the smartest guys out there. And I understand that he is speaking and he is informed by his own personal experience. And I'm going to take the field. I'll take Milwaukee, a team that won last year, didn't win this year, maybe because of injuries. I'll look at Dallas, a team that I think is going to be really good really soon. Agreed. If the two guys who were unhealthy this year on Denver, um, Murray and Porter, yeah. do I have that right? Yes, if Murray they join Porter, Jokic, yeah. I might take good Denver. Point. And I think Jason Tatum will be better next year and that Boston will have learned something. So I might take Boston. I am not knocking Golden State at all. They're, they're great. They are a dynastic team at this point. But let's look at people who have repeated in recent years. Golden State with Durant. Durant is not there anymore. Um, Miami with LeBron. LeBron is not there anymore. 
Nobody else has done this because it's hard, Mike. It's hard. It That's is. why you and I look with such envy at the Tampa Bay Lightning because they did it twice. It's yes. just hard. You can be it better is. and still not win. Yes, Tony, you are 100% right. You know I'm not going to disagree with that. But I think that this Golden State team coming back and refreshed and rejuvenated and not tired and hung over because they're playing for the third or fourth time for a, a title. And a, ah, I'm with Steve Kerr on this, man. I think this could yeah, be really Yeah, refreshed. I like guys. what you did there. You used that Curry you know? thing about refresh. Good. That was smart. Yeah, refresh, like that. baby. That was good. Let's move to the NFL and the tradition of top rookies getting stuck with huge dinner bills. Receiver Garrett Wilson of the Jets recently told the Pivot Podcast he was looking forward to his rookie dinner. And then he learned the tab could be as high as $75,000. Former NFL wideout Torrey Smith tweeted, quote, Rookie dinners are BS. Dudes come into the league with no financial literacy and real problems, but folks think $50,000 dinners are cool, close quote. Tony, should the hazing tradition of the rookie dinner end now? I don't think it has to end now. I think, as you say, it's part of a hazing process. It's sort of like pledging a fraternity. And don't get me wrong, I'm not condoning paddling or forced drinking or violence or anything like that. I'm not saying that. What I'm saying is that this has been part of the culture for a while. And I used to think all they did was tape people to the goalposts. I wasn't completely yeah. aware of the dinners. And, and the notion that Fred Taylor, when he was with the uh, Patriots, said that Tom Brady would go to a dinner and he'd order a $5,000 bottle of wine, take one sip, and then just leave the dinner. My estimation of him just went up because that's funny. But I think you got to cap it, Mike. I think you got to be cognizant of what the players are making. If a kid is a $20 million wide receiver, then he can afford the dinner. If a kid is struggling to make special teams, he could be traumatized the whole year by giving up his whole salary on this dinner. But I don't, I don't think we have to get rid of it completely, do you? Tone, I didn't think this, and this goes back, by the way, this is not new. This goes back years and years. Remember the movie Brian's song? A couple of Hall of Famers, Dick Butkus and Gail Sayers were rookies at the same time. And it sort of got into what they had to do as rookies. And people used to carry bags. They had to sing a song. There was some mild yeah. attempt to embarrass. Yeah. And it's gotten yeah. totally out of hand. I've been in a restaurant when players brought a rookie to dinner. He had to pick up the tab. And the kid's face was just ashen because he couldn't believe what the tab was. I, I like doing this to Levitard one night. We were prime 112. And he had to pick up a, a, big, a big dinner. But, but Levitard wasn't a rookie. He's got money. And I, I ordered a money. bottle of wine much more expensive than Tom Brady did. Just you to don't stick even it to drink Levitard. wine. But, Tone, the thing you is, just there's trickle Royale. down. That's right. There's trickle down. And so kids see this. Mike. And they get carried away, Tone. I, I, I'm leaning okay. the other way now. All right. I think that there is a necessary passage that you take in all lines of work. When I was yeah. a sports writer, when I started at Newsday, I was on the high schools, right? I wasn't on the Yankees or the no. Knicks or anything like that. And no. if I got to go to a big game with a senior writer, I parked his car. I literally carried his typewriter. And during the game, I asked him if he could get something to eat. That's the rite of passage to me in all walks right. of life. So I'm not yeah. troubled by this. The yeah. ATP yeah. has announced that coaching will be allowed for the rest of this year, including at the U.S. Open. Coaches who have always been barred from coaching during a match will sit in a specific seat and will be allowed, however briefly, 
to actually coach their players during the match. This strikes me as revolutionary. Well, man, you played tennis for years. Will this help or hurt tennis? Not neither. I mean, net zero, Tony, because they've been coaching. I mean, you and I covered a lot of tennis in our lives. And we've seen people with hand signals. We've seen people be warned to shut up. I, of course, would like it if some young player, man or woman, just looked at the box at the coach and said, shut up, old man. Shut up, woman. I would love that. That would be so great. They don't have the guts to do it. Look, I love tennis. You mentioned I played. I, I, I love tennis. Tony, tennis players are the biggest babies. I mean, they would be quick to admit that I think the former players in their older age, they are the biggest spoiled brats in all of sport, I believe. And this is some sort of give-in to that which I don't really like, but I don't care because I think it's a net zero-sum situation. You're 100% right. People are up there in the box giving signals. There's a code. Everybody knows they're coaching now. To me, banning the coaches is a little bit antiquated. When you see that players have nutritionists, they have psychologists, they have media advisors, they have doctors, they have trainers, let them have a coach. But, but, But treat it like a pitch clock. Don't let this get out of hand. If you got a four-hour, right. five-set match, don't elongate it with some coach babbling. Here's what I don't want to see. I don't want to see a coach get up out of his or her seat, pick up a whiteboard, look at his or her assistant, and then turn to the player. I don't want any of that, Mike. I mean, I, I'm not opposed to some small amount of coaching to legalize right. it, but if it starts getting long, then you got to dump it. You got to just Sorry. say, we tried it. It stinks. I also don't want somebody standing up in the middle of the U.S. Open and looking like a third base coach, like Joey Amalfitano, giving it, <laughs> give it yeah. this. I, 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 yeah. I, I don't want to see that. Yeah. But, you know, it's bound yeah. to you know, disintegrate into that. You know it's going to happen. Now, let's take a break. Coming up, who should go number one in tomorrow night's NBA draft? We're going to ask Jay Billis. You like me pulling Joey Amalfitano? You like that? We'll also Love ask that. him to give us a player everyone might be sleeping on. I know he's coached for the Cubs. Pardon the interruption is presented by Corona Extra. Find the fine life. Live La Vida Maspina. Part of happy hour. Have you ridden an electric e-bike yet? You need to check out Electric E-Bikes today. The number one selling e-bike in America. Two things stand out that bikers love about electric. Number one, the majority of their models come pre-assembled, so you don't need to be a bike savant to ride them. Number two, Electric wants to empower riders to spend more time exploring outside on their bikes, so they've made range a priority. Long-range batteries allow riders to hit typically around 65 miles of range or up to 150 miles on some models. Bonus! Electric has purposefully priced their bikes to be affordably awesome, so you don't have to break the bank to get these sweet rides. See why people who have made the switch to electric bikes have fallen in love with biking again by visiting electricebikes.com. That's L-E-C-T-R-I-C ebikes.com. Vivid Seats wants to get you to the games you love this spring. Experience every pitch, assist, and game-winning shot live and in person. And the best part? Each transaction is a step toward a free 11th ticket with Vivid Seats rewards. Score unbeatable perks like free tickets, surprise seat upgrades, and annual birthday deals. As the official ticketing partner of ESPN, Vivid Seats is offering you $20 off your first $200 ticket purchase with code PTI. That's code PTI. Visit vividseats.com or download the app today. Vivid Seats. Experience it live. 
Welcome back to Pardon the Interruption, presented by Corona Extra, part of Happy Hour. Let's dive into tomorrow night's NBA draft with a man who's been grinding tape to prepare for it, our great friend and so dressed up today, Jay Billis. Let's start with this. Jay, how would you characterize the strength of this draft in general? Tony, I think it's really strong. Uh, You can go all the way to to pick number 40, and you've got really good uh, possibilities for rotation players, starters. And then at the top of the draft, I I can't remember a draft where there was so much discussion over who should go number one uh, between Jabari Smith of Auburn and Chet Holmgren of Gonzaga. You know, early in the season, we talked a lot about Paolo Banquero of Duke perhaps being the number one pick, but I think it's really coming down to Smith or Holmgren. And for me, I lean more towards Jabari Smith just a bit because he's a, a, a big-time shooter at the four position at 6'10". Uh, he's got positional length and athleticism, so he can guard multiple positions. Holmgren is, a, is like a baby Giannis, though, and he's really enticing. So I, I think it's kind of a coin flip, but my sense is Orlando goes with, with Jabari Smith, number one. Jay, do you see much downside in any of those players going one i mean usually we're also all talking floor in addition to ceiling and there is some intrigues usually it seems we pretty much know by now who's going to be number one and you mentioned uh this still sort of split thought but is there is there downside are people looking at this at the top of the draft and being a little afraid of what they're seeing i don't think so tony i, I excuse me michael i think we've got a, a draft where you've got a lot of known commodities there are some players that are a little bit of a mystery. Shaden Sharp from Kentucky reclassed from his high school class. He was a number one player in the 2022 high school class and then wound up in Kentucky. He didn't play. But when you go to Kentucky practices, which I did, I'm supposed to be watching the team, and I wind up watching Shaden Sharp the whole time. Uh, so there may be a little mystery with him just because he hasn't played five-on-five five in almost a year where, where people could really watch it. But, but the top three guys even going to Jaden Ivey uh, from Purdue at number four and then maybe Ben Matherin from Arizona, you know, Keegan Murray from Iowa, you've got guys that, that you know their, their, their floor is high. And it's just a question of high, how, how high is their ceiling going to be. And Holmgren probably has the highest ceiling, but uh, th- there are a couple, couple things that, that maybe bother you that probably shouldn't. One is his body. You know, he's built like Sean Bradley was when he came out of BYU, but he's not a low post center and it's not a low post center game anymore. He's a perimeter player and he's tough and competitive. So I don't have any concerns about that. That's just my Neanderthal old school brain that keeps telling me he's not big enough. He's not strong enough, all that stuff. But I don't think it matters anymore. I know Tony and I are still going to be guilty of old school brain here on this show for probably a few years longer. Jay, you mentioned going 30, 40 deep in terms of players who might be able to just, I mean, make a team and help be a rotation player. I did the same thing. I was looking at all these mock drafts, and I'm going, wow, there's some teams in the 20s who have a real chance here of getting a guy that we look back on in even a year's time thinking this was pretty good. Who are some of those guys? Who jumps out to you in that group? You know, there's a player, Malachi Branham uh, from Ohio State, who will he'll go higher than 20. Uh, freshman, wing, you know, another long-armed super athlete that uh, has a great mid-range game. He shot 83% from the free throw line. That was second in the Big Ten. 
And over his last 10-11 games, he averaged 20 points, shot 55% from the field. I think he's one of those high-value picks that's probably going to go lower than he should uh, in this draft. And as you get to the end of the first round, uh, there's a guy that, there are a couple guys that, that really intrigue me. One is Jalen Williams from Santa Clara. A lot of people don't know about him, played in the West Coast Conference. He's had a steady progression as a player, averaged about 19 points a game. He's about 6'6", but he's got a 7'2 wingspan. So he's one of those lengthy athletes that can, uh, can be a 3 and D guy. He can defend. He can knock down a 3. He can get to the basket. His mid-range game is very good. You, know, you might not have seen a lot of him, but the NBA has, and he's going to be a valued player that could wind up going higher. And then there's a player who's projected as a second-round pick, and that's Justin Lewis from Marquette. Uh, who was first team uh, all Big East. He led Marquette in scoring and rebounding. He's a high-level rebounder as a wing, but also another one of those 3 and D guys that can really guard, uh, tough player, and and I think he's going to be better than he's projected as a draft pick. Uh, We get you out of here on this, and it's not so much about this draft as drafts in general. There are NBA teams like Oklahoma City. They've been stockpiling picks for this and for future drafts, I think it's nuts. I don't think you go anywhere doing that anymore. But does it make sense to you? Yes. Oh, absolutely. I I think draft picks are the most valuable uh, thing for gathering assets in the NBA. And frankly, I don't think it's close. It's really hard to get uh, good free agents, uh, certainly at a reasonable price. But if you look at what Golden State has done in building their dynasty, they did it through the draft. I mean, they got Steph Curry at number seven, Clay Thompson at number 11. They got Draymond Green in the second round. Uh, so, and, you know, they wound up picking up James Wiseman uh, in the draft. They, they've done a good job with free agency uh, in getting, getting pieces to add to those guys. But I still think, you know, Sam Presti at Oklahoma City uh, is one of the smartest people in the NBA. Uh, I don't think you let go of those draft picks unless you can move up, packaging things together. Uh, or you get something really good for them. I think it's been proven over the years that the best way to build a, a sustainable winner is to do it first through the draft, and then, and then you can add to it uh, in free agency. Thank you so much, Jay, as always. Thanks, nice Jay. Soup. Appreciate it. Survive tomorrow. Thank you, guys. Always a pleasure. <laughs> you can watch Jay in the NBA draft on ESPN tomorrow night. Let's take one last break, but still to come, Shohei Otani has a huge night. But the Angels lose. Does that sound familiar? Yeah, his nights just get bigger and bigger. It doesn't change anything. And who will win tonight's big game four between the Avalanche and the Ning? Talk about that. I guess I disagree with Jay. I mean, I think that Oklahoma City has all these picks, but they never do anything. Well, but Tony, it's not just whole. PTI fans, listen up. Have you heard you can listen to episodes of this very show ad-free on Amazon Music, included with your Prime membership? That's right. All your favorite PTI episodes can be heard on Amazon Music ad-free. But that's not all. You can listen to other top podcasts like The Low Post and First Take ad-free as well. They also have your favorite shows like The Daily, Part of My Take, and Up First, all without ads. You know what this means. Uninterrupted listening, so no more cliffhangers. Amazon Music offers the most ad-free top podcasts, so we know they definitely have something for you. And it's already included in your Prime membership. To start listening, download the Amazon Music app for free or go to Amazon.com slash PTI. That's Amazon.com slash PTI to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. 
We all know breakfast is an important part of your day. But sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. Pardon the Interruption is presented by Corona Extra. Find the fine life. Live La Vida Maspina. Part of Happy Hour. Happy time, people. Happy 51st birthday, Kurt Warner. Warner is the American athletic dream. Someone who kicks around and stays with his belief in himself and ultimately triumphs against all odds. After playing quarterback in Northern Iowa, Warner went undrafted by the NFL. He played for the Iowa Barnstormers of the Arena League. He played for the Amsterdam Admirals of NFL Europe. Then he got work holding the clipboard as the third string quarterback of the St. Louis Rams. And then it began raining money on him. He went to two Super Bowls with the Rams and he won one. He went to another with the Cardinals. He was a two-time NFL MVP. He's in the Hall of Fame. They even made a movie about him called American Underdog. Tony, he also for me is on that short list of the nicest people I have ever met in sports in 40 years. And he just seems so deserving of the successes that he has both generated and been a part of. And um, yeah, he's a hero here in the desert and absolutely seems to be worthy of that. Happy anniversary, Akeem Olajuwon. On this day 28 years ago, Olajuwon led the Houston Rockets to their first NBA championship, scoring 25 points, getting 10 rebounds and seven assists, beating the Knicks in game seven. That was a finals where a few days earlier in game five, the entire nation was frozen in place by the O.J. Simpson slow car chase. Everyone remembers Al Cowling saying, this is AC, I got O.J. in the Bronco. The Knicks-Rockets game was going on as that chase continued. Every available TV monitor in Madison Square Garden was tuned to that chase. People left their seats, gathered around the TVs. That game may as well have been played in a library. Tone, that game is the strangest event I have ever covered in sports, sitting in Madison Square Garden, watching the, 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 the broadcast of the chase take over the big screen while players are playing the NBA Finals. And then Game 7 in that series was strange for an athletic reason. John Starkland, 2 for 18, and Pat Riley never took him out, and the Knicks lost a narrow series memorable for very different reasons. Melancholy trails to Tony Siragusa. Siragusa passed away in his sleep at the age of 55. The man known as Goose played defensive tackle with the Colts for seven seasons before signing with the Baltimore Ravens, where he helped them win a Super Bowl over the Giants in 2000. Played one more season before retiring. In 2003, Fox hired him, put him on the field as a third man in a broadcast team. This is a difficult day for Ravens fans and the entire organization, as the team announced this morning that linebacker Jalen Ferguson died at the age of 26. Yes, a very sad day. And Sir Goose Tony, as you know, because we were around him a few times, whether it was in the locker room or on the field with a microphone later, so full of joy and fun and mischief. And it was, you know, sort of cool to just sort of observe him do his thing. It's really sad news. One omission, the House Oversight Committee plans to subpoena Washington Commander's owner Daniel Snyder for a deposition next week, and we go quick to the big finish if we can. Let's do it. Ohio State successfully registered a trademark for the. Is that okay by you, Mr. Big Ten? Yeah, seems sort of pretentious, but they're using it anyway for the last hundred years, so what the heck. Austin Matthews won the Hart Trophy as NHL MVP. Does that make sense? 
had a great year. Yes, it does. Shohei Otani had two home runs, eight RBI in a loss to the Royals. Your thoughts? Tony, he's so spectacular, but they just keep losing games as great as Otani is. Wow. The Florida Panthers hired Paul Maurice as their new head coach. Replacing interim Andrew Brunette, is he a good choice? Didn't the interim guy lead him to the best record in the league? Yeah. Shouldn't sort of he have been given a NHL. shot? Last one, Avalanche and Lightning, game four tonight. Who you got? Oh, Ning. The Ning. Yes, the Lightning, the, the champs tie it up tonight, winning game four at home. Absolutely. We're out of time. We will try and do better the next time. And I'm Tony Kornheiser. I'm Mike Wilbon. We are bumped by the NBA draft tomorrow, knuckleheads. Now, here's SportsCenter. Should I ride with Colorado?